0: Welcome to AMP Members Roundtable Series. I'm Stephanie Decker, a 25-year member.
1: Hi, I'm Bob Chalker, the CEO of AMP. Bob,
0: why did we go with the self-nomination process? Has it been successful?
1: So, so the reason for the self-nomination process, um, there's a couple things that came into play. Number one is. As part of creating the organization, the the challenge or the charge that was given to the committees was to look at the way AMP does things, excuse me, look at the way NACE did things, look at the way SSPC did things, but go out and look at what other organizations are doing and what's best practice. And one of the things we found was having a way for people to volunteer, an easy way for people to volunteer, was becoming more and more of a best practice. And those organizations, who made it easy for people to self-nominate or to participate, um, saw a huge increase in the percentage of members who were actually volunteering, who had roles in the organization. The other thing we had seen and recognized was, particularly at the chapter level, but this was really true even at the committee levels, we were seeing um, people who were staying in positions for really, really long times because they didn't feel that there was people ready to replace them. And burnout was taking place. You know, these are volunteer jobs. Nobody should be expected to serve as a volunteer for that many years. Um, and, And but there was there was almost a feeling of obligation that they needed to do that. And then the the third reason is it really increases the uh, diversity of the people that are participating. And that was one of the things that's important to us that we, particularly as new members are coming into our organization, that they're able to raise their hand to volunteer. So is it working? Yes, I think it's working. There's been a learning curve along the way. There have been some challenges. It's completely different than the way um, really either prior organization worked. But what we have seen is the number of people and the number of new people who are um, coming into volunteer roles and willing and able to serve is increasing. And we need that because this is a growing organization. And let's be honest, we're in a transition, right? The Great Recession is real. So a lot of people are leaving the industry for good reasons, their reasons, but we need new people being able to come in. And this makes that pathway a whole lot easier. So it has has worked. We're learning, we're still learning, and we've made some adjustments to it along the way. Uh, One of the big things we need to do is make sure that the people that are uh, volunteering have the qualifications, the skills to be able to do the job successfully. So that's, we're getting better at that. And um, also making people aware that this is now a process or means to do it. We have to, we had to really promote and let people understand it's different than what, how we had done the work before. Um, But it is working, and I think it's going to be a part of our future.
0: Voting was done during annual conference this year. Why did that occur, that throughout the month of March, we were voting?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I'm not sure why. I, I do know, I think part of it is there is so much that we have had to do over the last 18 months. No matter when we do anything, it would have overlap. Now, the good news is these... Uh, chapter votings were broken into three waves. This was the third wave. The other t- two waves were done um, at different timeframe. And also that voting was open for a month. It was open for the month of March. So it wasn't just over conference. Uh, it's probably a lesson learned, frankly. It's something we um, should avoid doing in the future.
0: How do I get access to training or gain experience before serving as an officer? What are the platforms or options out there for me?
1: So. Um, One of the things that as we designed AMP, and actually was starting to be put in place prior to the creation of AMP, is a a system for volunteers to to learn about volunteer opportunities and to participate. And if you go to the AMP website, there's a little tab at the top that says Get Involved, and if you click on that, it'll show you the volunteer opportunities that are there. Um, Think of it almost as a job posting type uh, format that you would use for a company, except it's around volunteer opportunities. And the neat thing is we have volunteer opportunities that range from a couple hours of commitment to obviously three-year commitments if you're on a board or an officer. And we recognize not everybody is in a place in their life that they can do a three-year commitment or want to do that. So we've tried to create different sizes, different ways, but those are the great way to learn about the organization, take a small commitment. Make a, you know, volunteer to write an article for one of our publications or to um, provide feedback at an event or to review something. At the local level, there's a lot of opportunities as well. I'd recommend reach out to the officers of your local chapter. If you need help finding those, give a call to customer service, we'll point you in the right direction. And just say, hey, I'm willing to help. Maybe you know chapters are doing things like planning monthly events, planning uh, special events like golf outings and skeet shoots and uh, Christmas parties. Find a way to just raise your hand. Here's what I have learned about volunteering. Rarely when somebody raises their hand do they get turned out. We're all looking for more volunteers to help. So, you know, and my recommendation is start small, something you can really get your hands around. Use it as an opportunity to not only learn about the volunteering in the organization, but to get to know the people. Because I think one of the important things about an organization like ours isn't just the work we do, it's also the people we do it with and the relationships and the networking we build. So it's an opportunity for you to get to know the people. And then look for those next opportunities as you get more experience and you feel more comfortable, volunteer to be an officer of a local chapter, volunteer to serve on a committee at the international level. Um, You know, at conference, volunteered uh, with one of the activities that are going around that. We do everything from what I'll call social responsibility activities, helping with Habitat for Humanity, or we built bicycles one year. I mean, there's always a way to give back of your time.
0: So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about expectations for chapter officers. I had a chapter officer recently call me, and the long and short of it was that he was extremely overwhelmed. He had placed the expectations that he needed to have four or five membership meetings within a year. He voiced his concerns and problems, um, you know, post-COVID, post-merger, and he just felt so overwhelmed and he didn't know where to start. I personally gave him the recommendation to reach out to headquarters, as well as to change his expectations to start with one meeting, one membership meeting, get the members in front of you and then you'll get more support and help from volunteers. What would you say to someone at a chapter who is looking at expectations from other chapters and or comparing what they're doing with others?
1: Stephanie, it makes me sad to hear that, frankly. I mean, nobody should feel overwhelmed because of their engagement involvement with a volunteer organization, with AMP, with any of your volunteer work, but we recognize it does happen. Um, first of all, my first recommendation is, if you're an officer of a chapter and you're feeling overwhelmed or you don't know where to go, reach out to Cindy Tracy. Cindy's full-time job is here at headquarters is to help the chapters be successful. She's got tons of tools that make it available. She can help you find speakers. She can give you advice on how to plan an event, um, where to go. The, the second thing is to reach out to people who've done it before. You know, where are those experienced, chapter leaders who can be a mentor or coach you. Um, one of the things I often hear is the people are biting off a lot more than they can chew. They're, they're trying to either, um, they've seen what's been done in the past or they're comparing themselves to other parts of the organization. Um, you need to make sure that what you're doing is manageable and reasonable for your uh, activity or what's happening in your area. And then you shouldn't be doing this alone. They, you really should be doing this as a team. So you know, go out. And first thing I would do if I was in that role is I'd try to find other people to come alongside and help me. And we can even help with that. We can help send out an email to the members in your area to you know, say, hey, look, we're trying to get something started or we're trying to put on this event. But nobody should be feeling overwhelmed. There's plenty of help, either from staff or from other volunteers. And if there's not, let's have a conversation about that because something's wrong. If that's really the case, then there's we need to deal with what is at the root cause of, of creating that situation.
0: What are communities of interest? And what is the intent with communities of interest? Is it supposed to be technical? Is it supposed to be social? And is it supposed to be both? And to follow up on that, Does my membership profile automatically put me in communities of interest or do my certifications? How do I end up in a community of interest and what would I do in one?
1: Communities of interest is a new idea Um, and it really comes from finding another way for people to be involved in the organization. Um, Historically, organizations like AMP have had to organize around geography because that's all that was available to us. So you would hold a chapter meeting in a particular city or you would have an event in a particular place and then people would travel to be there or they lived locally and they would attend those things. But the internet's changed all of that, right? And so now we can connect with people around the world. The other thing we recognize is that we have members with a really, really diverse interest. Um, It covers the entire spectrum of our industry and not every event is going to have something for everybody. So you know, a a chapter puts on an activity, it may appeal to 20% or 30% of the members in their area, but not everything is always going to appeal to everybody. So what we wanted to do was find a way for people around the world to be able to come together around a common interest. That's where community of interest came from. Um, and so when we first launched it, it was intended to be either technical or social or purpose driven. So you might have a community of interest around young people who you know, wanna learn about leadership. It might be a community interest around a particular technology issue. One of the early ones that I think got started was around uh, top of the line corrosion. And the members that started it were um, in Malaysia, in the Middle East and other places. But it's a way for people to come together around a common interest. As we created AMP, we recognized in our technical world, this was a real opportunity. So, historically, the NACE technical committee was organized around specific topics, and they would meet periodically in a physical location. They were experimenting with, you know, tying people in remotely and all of that, but it was primarily a geographically-based activity. And that realized that cuts a lot of people out. So as the technical, um, the committee that uh, was looking at our technical activities began to form, they saw this as a great opportunity. So they created technical committees of interest. In fact, it's become the most active part of our community of interest. So there is a large number of communities of interest around technical topics no you are not automatically signed up but it is easy to sign up go to the website under get involved you'll see technical communities of interest i think it's on the left on the right is communities in general or i think it's communities is how it's labeled Um, just click on those it'll take you to the page you'll see them all listed and you can sign up for them you can also start one if you don't see something there that you have an interest in you can launch one Um, one of the things we tried to do was to make the barrier to start these very, very low, where to start a chapter, you know, you need so many people involved, and you've got to have officers, and and there's all these things you have to do to form a formal chapter. With the communities of interest, we made it as easy and as low bar as possible so that you can start a community of interest on whatever the topic is. They're forums. They're just a place for people to come together. I hope we get thousands of them around every topic or every interest that somebody might have in our industry. Because I think that's what we're about. We're about bringing people together and the internet's such a powerful tool to do that. Um, let's take advantage of it. And, and the thing about the community of interest, because somebody said, well, can't I just do that on Facebook? You can, but then you are subject to trolls and people outside the um, organization that maybe aren't there for the right reasons. They're trying to market or sell something. Um, It's also, we make sure that it's done with a professional way and there's no harassing. And it's just a better environment. It's more of a closed environment and it's people that you know and you can trust. So we think it provides a better forum for coming together.
0: Bob, this is a question from a member, but also for me. What is Emerge? Is Emerge part of AMP? And are there volunteer opportunities at Emerge that are separate from AMP?
1: Stephanie, you've just hit on one of my favorite aspects of AMP, and I think one of the most tremendous opportunities for us as an organization. Um, Both prior organizations, NACE and SSPC, had a tremendous amount of activities that were focused on young people, pre-professionals or young in their career. But it it was not well coordinated. It was spread out. And so one of the things we wanted to do was put a real focus on that. Um, And so we created a new committee. The committee came together. They came up with the acronym EMERGE. It means Engage, Magnetize, Educate, Raise, and Guide. It's really their guiding principles of how they're going to engage with young people. Um, We've brought the scholarships underneath that. We've brought uh, a lot of the activities that we do that serve pre-professionals and young folks. The other thing that happened, um, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but the NACE Foundation has existed for quite a few years, but it was a separate legal entity. It, it used the NACE brand and we supported it, uh, both financially and people and resources, and they did events, but they were truly a separate legal entity and had their own board and did their own things. They voted to merge into eMERGE and brought all of their resources and their programs with it. So the CKIT program is there, as I said, the scholarships. One of the things I'm really proud of that, that the Emerge team did, um, it goes back to where the George Floyd incident happened, and, and we really had a realization, like many organizations, that there was a social responsibility of this organization to help those who are either oppressed or just don't have the opportunities, um, maybe you know, underrepresented groups. and so. Um, the eMERGE group, uh, we made $50,000 available for them to create grants that would help young up-and-coming professionals in our profession get what they need to be successful. And it's, it's around the world. It's not geared towards any one group of people or anything. It's, there is a requirement that the individual has either been oppressed or had issues with oppression or is in an underrepresented people group in their community. And we've done everything, we've provided everything from educational scholarships to maybe they needed tools, one person needed shoes and boots so that they could work safely and other safety gear, right, Um, whatever it is they need, we're able to provide them and we issued those first round of grants um, about a month ago, and that's something that is really special and that eMERGE is allowing us to do that kind of work. We're looking at other things, we're, uh, we're, we've had a proposal made that is there a way that we could bring training, particularly the craft worker training, to vocational schools and to, to young people who um, you know, just like you go to a vocational school, you learn about welding. But why don't you learn about coatings or installing a cathodic protection system? Why can't we teach that at that level? We've recognized that our industry's workforce needs to be strengthened. We need more people coming into the industry. So Emerge is our our tool for doing that. It is one of the most motivated, exciting committees in our organization. They've got so many ideas and plans and moving forward. And now instead of having it spread out all over and a side thought, this is their primary purpose is helping young people. So it's very much a part of AMP it is core to who we are. And um, I think it has just tremendous opportunity. Bob,
0: thank you for answering members' questions on this roundtable series. How can members reach you? And how can members reach AMP? And where can they follow AMP on social media?
1: Um, well, thank you, and thank you for once again, Stephanie, taking the time for, uh, with us. Um, so first of all, to reach me, it's at AMP.org. It's that easy, and I will answer any email that I get or make sure it gets into the hands of somebody who can answer it. As far as social media, um, LinkedIn is our primary platform. If you go on and search for AMP, you're going to find a lot of pages. The one thing I would do is make sure you find the actual official page. Same with Facebook. Um, We have a lot of activity there as well. What I will recommend is get involved with it. It's a great place for you to put your comments and to get your questions asked and to bring your ideas to the table. So I, I support our involvement in social media. I just give the caution to do it the right way and do it with the intent for good and to help us get better as an organization.